What next? Government of the people, by the people, and for the people? Yeah, it'll never happen. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. They're getting ready to vote out there. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. They've already voted. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe. Streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation. Radio or not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee. And yes, blanketing the globe five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another action-packed, thrilling adventure that we call the Bradcast. And uh, and it will be. I'll be editing on the fly here what I, was, uh, what I will be covering uh, as I've just got uh, a new story I need to cover that uh, I spoke with some, ex- well, I've got some exclusive details. We'll put it that way. Coming up on the broadcast, some exclusive detail, uh, a response from the executive director of the Wyoming Democratic Party in regard, in regard to the concerns uh, that many uh, have expressed, uh, so, uh, Bernie uh, Sanders supporters have expressed about the Wyoming Democratic caucuses over the past weekend, wherein uh, Bernie Sanders saw a huge turnout, but ended up essentially tying Hillary Clinton in the day's uh, in the day's delegate uh, final delegate count, thanks to a whole bunch of surrogate vote by mail forms that were uh, sent in support of Clinton. So I'll have the answers to some of those concerns, at least the answers from the party itself shortly. Also, concerns about the mess that continues on the Republican side. Mess? What mess? Yes, there's a mess, uh, which now includes death threats. From some uh, Donald Trump supporters. And if time allows, and I sure hope it does, some of your thoughts and calls on the, well, on the Bernie or bust idea that we spoke about a little bit uh, last week on this program. If you'd like to ring in on that notion, uh, I'm at 818-985-5735 today. 818-985-KPFK. Live in the Pacifica Radio Studios out here in Los Angeles. Also, we'll have coming up Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. Uh, hi, Des. Hey. Well, uh, another big Green News Report, and I, I won't go into too much detail because I'm 
as I said, editing on the fly. I know. It's a lot to cover uh, today. It, it is. I had some email. Maybe we'll get to it later. Um, sent to a bradcast at bradblog.com concerning our conversation on yesterday's bradcast with uh, Steve Levine, the uh, energy analyst uh, in which it, Steve had charged that there's going to be blood on the floor. Yeah. For, for the auto for, industry. For the auto industry, if they don't notice uh, uh, what just happened with 325,000 customers lining up overnight around the world to put $1,000 down to reserve a what? A Tesla Model 3. Which doesn't even exist yet. Which doesn't even exist. I know. Will the auto industry pick up on this huge consumer demand that has uh, basically bloomed out of almost nowhere? And, and it's a fascinating it's a fascinating interview with Steve well, Levine that we had nowhere. yesterday. We've been talking about it well, for I mean, years. For, about the, what... for the majority of the uh, auto industry that's, you know, been sitting back yeah, on their heels them. and waiting to see what happens. You know, this is a huge market signal. And Steve Levine addresses whether or not they will uh, pay attention to that. Well, yeah, 325,000 customers plunked down $1,000 each to reserve uh, a Tesla Model 3, which is supposed to get more than 200 miles on a charge and cost around $30,000, give or take, uh, depending on rebates. Um, anyway, uh, so maybe we'll get to some of that email later. And oh, by the way, uh, Des, on the way into the studio... Uh, I heard I was listening to Tom Hartman, our friend. Did you hear Tom Hartman badmouthing me in the past <laughs> I hour? I don't think he was badmouthing. He was badmouthing. No, yeah, he, he wasn't. He, he name checked you, he and did. he was actually saying, "Hey, Brad Friedman knows more about election and voting issues than anybody." So oh, was, I would say that that's not mouth. That's not bad mouth. Okay. Well, I was, actually, it was a caller who called in about online voting, and uh, he sort of Tom referenced uh, me and my work on that. And today, I wasn't even going to talk about voting machines. And he brought this up, and and then I should give— They keep pulling you back in. They do. I should give kudos to the caller, Jeff, who called in to Tom, who was pretty much dead right on the money in his response to Tom concerning uh, uh, Internet voting. Uh, So thank you, Jeff. For being where I could not today, which was, uh, well, which was on Tom's show. Uh, in any event, okay, what do we need to get to here after all of that preamble? Ah, yes. Uh, one thing I want to make sure that we cover since uh, the corporate media is not doing so. Uh, earlier in the week on the broadcast, we, we covered the more than 400 people who were arrested uh, at the U.S. Capitol, uh, Capitol Police said that that was a record number of people to be arrested in a single uh, in a single day, a single protest. This was part of the uh, Democracy Spring protests that are going to be going on apparently all week long this week, uh, where protesters are uh, demanding improvements to our electoral system, getting money out of politics, restoring the Voting Rights Act. Uh, all sorts of things like that. And you would think when 400 people, 400 people, uh, including some well-known names, our our friend uh, Jank Uger was one of those who was arrested. Um, Derek Cressman, I understand, for those out here in California may know he ran for secretary of state last year. Uh, a lot of folks were arrested, 400 of them, in fact, but it made almost... No uh, appearance on the corporate media at all, begging the question of, uh, you know, how how effective are these types of protests anymore? Four hundred people can get arrested now today. uh, I'm sorry. On on Tuesday now, uh, another 85 people were reportedly arrested in these uh, in these protests at the Capitol. 
These were uh, senior citizens who were arrested. Some 85 elderly activists were blocking the south entrance of the Capitol. They were uh, participating in those democracy spring uh, demonstrations. Tuesday's theme was called Elders Standing for Democracy Spring. Uh, the group as a whole, uh, all of these protesters who marched 150 miles from Philadelphia are pushing Congress to pass four bills that they say will begin the process of reducing money's influence on legislation and ensuring voting access for more people. That would be nice. Um, so and yet the media doesn't cover it. Now, of course, had they been Tea Party protesters, 400. Could you imagine 400 Tea Party protesters arrested in front of the U.S. Capitol? Of course, that would have been covered. But again, the Tea Party has their own media, not just the right wing media uh, who enjoys the same funding as do these uh, uh, pretend uh, Tea Party groups that pretend to be uh, grassroots groups. Um, but the, the, the right wing media, you know, who, of course, they're going to cover them. They're all funded by the same people. But when those right wing media cover these type of protests, then the corporate, uh, the non wing nut media, still corporate, but non, you know, not paid off by the, the Koch brothers and so forth. They cover them as well because they have to because, oh, Fox News is demanding. Why isn't the rest of the media covering it? And so CNN says, oh, yeah, you're right. We better cover it. Uh, but when, you know, 400 largely progressive protesters get arrested in the U.S. Capitol, uh, we'll be lucky if it makes it into the crawl at the bottom of the cable news uh, services. So I just wanted to, to point that out. 400 arrested on Capitol Hill 85, uh, on, on Monday, 85 elderly senior citizens arrested on Tuesday. And who's paying attention in the media? Not many folks. But we are. Yes, we are. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, and that's why I wanted to do it. But, you know, it does beg the question, do these protests even work anymore? Uh, and uh, if you have a thought on that, you can uh, get in line now. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Um, John McCain says he is now, quote, at a loss after Paul Ryan announced that he will not absolutely, positively, most certainly, most definitely will not run for president, as we reported, uh, covered it almost live yesterday on the broadcast. Um, now McCain uh, says he is at a loss about what to do from here. He says, I'm at a loss, OK? I do not know what's going to happen. Uh, he told uh, Bloomberg Politics, he said, I just don't see that a lot of it's going to turn out well because there are too many divisions within our party. Rumors that a white knight, Ryan, would uh, ride into a contested GOP convention to rescue the party from the divisive leading candidates had been circulating for months. Without Ryan uh, in the running now or uh, and, and Ohio Governor John Kasich far behind in the race to secure delegates uh, ahead of the July convention in Cleveland, McCain appeared despondent today. He said, we've got so many problems. There are a myriad of problems. None of this is going to turn out well for the Republican Party, McCain told Bloomberg. Oh, you think? Uh, I don't know why they would uh, why they would think that uh, when their front runner is out there 
actually, uh, some of these comments that Donald Trump is amazing. Well, let me. Okay, first, I'll I'll tell it to you this way. Uh, This is being reported over at TPM. Tierney Sneed sort of rounded up what seems to now be going on. Death threats, including threats that describe death by hanging. References to where you live, not-so-subtle allusions to your family, warnings that your personal information will soon become public or perhaps it already has. These are just some of the reports coming in from low-level GOP officials around the country about the threats they claim to have received from pro-Trump forces. As Trump accuses other politicians and the party at large of denying him delegates, ominous messages believed to be coming from freelance Trump backers usually hiding behind anonymity, have injected fear and anxiety into the usually low-stakes delegate selection process at the local and state level. (laughs) Uh, It will uh, likely be some time, she writes, uh, before we know whether the GOP confab in Cleveland, the convention there, will be a full-blown contested convention, but the current backlash from Trumpites portends some dark days ahead if Trump is denied the nomination. And little wonder... Here was uh, Donald Trump uh, declaring that the entire thing is a hoax. The entire thing uh, is being rigged by the Republican Party. This after Ted Cruz was able to receive all of the delegates at the uh, delegate conventions in uh, in Colorado over the weekend. Here here was uh, uh, Donald Trump's response. Our Republican system is absolutely rigged. It's a phony deal. Now, what do I know? I started running like nine months ago. Who would have thought I would have been in first place? What do I know? Right? What do I know? Not much. Not much. But I'm in first place by a lot. Millions and millions of votes. That doesn't count. You notice? Nobody even talks about votes. I have millions of votes more, but I also have hundreds of delegates more. But that's not the same thing to me. I think the vote is the thing that you count. It's not. Right? No. The vote. Not really. This was a dirty trick. These are dirty tricksters. This is a dirty trick. And I'll tell you what. The RNC, the Republican National Committee, they should be ashamed of themselves for allowing this kind of crap to happen. I can tell you that. They should be ashamed of themselves. So that was Donald Trump, the front runner of the Republican Party, going out and telling, uh, you know, the Republican Party should be ashamed of themselves. Votes should count, not delegates. What do I know? Well, what you don't know, Mr. Trump, is that uh, the selection process works via delegates in the parties, in the political parties, in the private political parties who can choose to run their nomination system any way that they want. And they have chosen delegates. And the fact that Donald Trump doesn't know that, that he thinks votes should be more important than delegates. uh, Well, you know what? It kind of makes you start to wonder whether that Donald Trump is actually qualified to be president of the United States at all. I'm starting to wonder whether he knows the stuff that a president should know to be qualified for the job. And, of course, he, you know, he makes comments like that. Uh, and uh, now uh, in Tennessee, local police monitored the state GOP convention to choose its 14 delegates earlier this month. According to a report in the Times Free Press, uh, party officials had confirmed uh, that uh, there were death threats ahead of the contest, including one that, quote, involved trying to hang people. 
Republicans quoted in a, a political story, uh, I'm sorry, a Politico story, have been receiving uh, threatening messages in which they were warned their personal information and their family's information would be released to the public. One message uh, said, according to the Indy Star, uh, think before you take a step down the wrong path. The American people want to have faith in you. No, have faith in your <laughs> the grammar is not very good for the have faith in your, but it looks like a future in hiding is more appealing. The state GOP chair in Colorado said he had been receiving death threats uh, after an anonymous Trump fan tweeted his personal information and the personal information of other party officials. Uh, I can tell you I've gotten some uh, pretty incredible messages over the past few days. Uh, a, a Trump supporter out there had uh, pointed to some of my reporting at Bradblog.com concerning uh, voting machines, concerning touchscreen voting machines that failed in Utah County, uh, Utah, uh, keeping voters from being able to vote at all for the first hour or two of the primaries in Utah. And, of course, the, all the Trump supporters were retweeting this and saying, see, I told you this is why the, the Republican Party is rigging it for, for Ted Cruz. Apparently, they forgot to notice that the date on that report of mine that they were pointing to was uh, 2010. It was 2010, 2012. In any event, there is no primary in Utah this year. They used caucuses instead, so they didn't use those Diebold voting machines. And, and when I tried to point that out, I was accused by Trump supporters of being a cruise bot. <laughs> yes. So uh, they're not too bright over there on on that side of the aisle, at least the supporters of uh, Donald Trump's, it seems. I expect the uh, death threats to be coming any moment. But what about the Democratic race? Uh, what are the worries, uh, particularly by Sanders supporters, that they are being screwed by the National Party, that the that the DNC or the Hillary Clinton campaign is rigging the results we sure hear a lot of that these days. I sure hear a lot of that these days from uh, from Sanders supporters. I try to look into those uh, uh, charges anytime they come in. There is nothing I would I would rather do uh, than break the story wide open about how uh, uh, Hillary is stealing this election. Because I keep hearing this from a lot of uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, and they pointed for by way of example to Wyoming and the caucuses that took place over the weekend up in Wyoming, where uh, Bernie Sanders ended up winning by about, uh, I think it was uh, 13, 14, 15 percent over Hillary Clinton. But they both ended up receiving the same amount of delegates on uh, on caucus day, seven apiece. And this was attributed to these so-called surrogate votes, these vote-by-mail ballots of a sort. Not really vote-by-mail. Well, they're not really ballots. Uh, what they are is uh, if you cannot make it to the caucuses uh, for a number of very specific reasons that are laid out by the Wyoming Democratic Party, uh, you know, concerning uh, military service, illness, uh, you're a student uh, who's uh, studying abroad, for example. Uh, there are very specific reasons why, if you cannot make it to the caucuses in person, you can uh, mail in or have someone else deliver a surrogate form, a surrogate ballot. Uh, you can mail it in. Sometimes it's called absentee. Uh, I've seen it uh, described that way uh, or vote by mail, but it is a surrogate form. 
And uh, apparently, at each of these caucuses around Wyoming, Bernie Sanders had a much, much bigger turnout than did uh, Hillary Clinton at almost all of them by huge numbers. And by the photographs that I've seen, that is the case. Bernie Sanders had a huge turnout. Hillary Clinton did not. However, apparently hundreds of surrogate uh, forms were delivered for Hillary Clinton, which meant that uh, caucuses where they thought that uh, Bernie Sanders was going to win in a blowout ended up not being such a blowout. He might have won them, uh, but they were pretty close. Uh, there might have been a case where uh, where Hillary actually won thanks to these uh, thanks to these surrogate forms. And of course, people are crying foul as another example of how the Democrats are putting their thumb on the scale for Hillary Clinton. And I've asked, well, what evidence do people have to support that? And, well, look at all of those surrogate ballots. That can't happen just by accident. Statistically, it's impossible. Well, is it impossible? A Clinton campaign aide, uh, as we reported a few days ago on this show, uh, had told CNN uh, something to the effect that their, quote, secret sauce, unquote, in Wyoming was the state's onerous vote-by-mail rules that required anyone voting by mail to have voted as a Democrat in the 24, uh, I'm sorry, 2014 midterms. That was reported by CNN. So I thought I would check that out to see if that uh, was actually true. And I can find no evidence of a rule on the uh, Wyoming Democratic uh, uh, website uh, showing that uh, that only surrogate forms can be sent in by those who have voted as a Democrat in 2014. So I contacted the Wyoming Democrats to ask them, where was this rule? What is this Clinton campaign aide talking about? Uh, and I heard back almost immediately from the uh, Wyoming Democratic uh, Party executive director, Amy Van Cleve. And she said, well, it's a bit more complicated than that. Because I said, you know, where's the rule? She said, well, it's a bit more complicated than that. Uh, give me a call. And so I called her and I left a voicemail. And uh, we went back and forth for the past two or three days. And I was about to come here on the show uh, today to say, hey, listen, maybe there's a perfectly good explanation for this. But uh, the Wyoming Democratic Party is not getting back to me. They're not answering my calls. They're not calling back despite giving me the phone number. Amy had said, hi, Brad, it's a bit more complex than this uh, soundbite, and I'd love to explain it over the phone with you so I can answer all the questions. Well, I finally heard from Amy Van Cleve, the Wyoming Democratic Party executive director, just before air today. And so I'm going to work from my notes here, and uh, I will read you uh, as best I can what she had to say in response to, uh, to my questions about this, and you can decide. So uh, I guess we have uh, an exclusive here on this, this exclusive response from the Wyoming Democratic Party in the name of its executive director, Amy Van Cleve. OK, so I asked her about that secret sauce and the state's onerous vote by mail rules that required anyone voting by mail to have voted as a Democrat in the 2014 midterms. She said, well, that's like a little bit correct, but mostly incorrect. She says state statute says that anyone that did not vote in the last general election, uh, that I guess would be in 2014, that they receive a notice from the county clerk saying that if you don't respond by such and such a time, you will be purged. Now, that is done by the county clerk, not by the Democratic Party. 
She said, so anyone who did not vote in the 2014 uh, general election would have received a note in 2015 saying that they were about to be purged unless they responded to this uh, to this note. Uh, Amy Van Cleve says that's not the Democratic Party that does that. That's the Wyoming Secretary of State that does that. And then she goes on to say that the second part of her answer on this uh, point is that anybody who wants to receive a surrogate form because of military service, their religion, health issues, uh, studying abroad and so forth, that they could send in a surrogate form, but that the surrogate form... Uh, as well as voters at the caucuses themselves in Wyoming, had to be registered as a Democrat two weeks before the caucuses. In this case, that would be March 25. She says it's not a vote-by-mail, you know, in 2014 rule, as the Clinton campaign person had suggested. Instead, you have to be registered as a Democrat by March 25th, and if the Secretary of State had purged you, then you were no longer eligible to vote at the caucuses over the weekend. Uh, The executive director of the Democratic Party told me that in actual elections, remember, this is a caucus. It is run by the party, not by the state. In an actual election, she says, we can register. uh, Voters in Wyoming can register, can re-register. If they have been purged, they can re-register on Election Day. They have same-day registration for elections in Wyoming. But for the caucuses... You got to be uh, registered by that uh, that date, two weeks before the caucuses. So uh, she says this is the one time that that purge that they do in Wyoming actually has an effect on voter turnout. I ask why they don't allow them to register at the caucuses. She says that essentially the state does not allow that. Only county clerks or the people in their offices are allowed to register voters, not the actual parties. And since caucuses are run internally by the party itself, there's no way uh, to register voters at the caucuses. Uh, on the, uh, I asked about uh, the few conditions that allow for a surrogate ballot that I, I read off. Uh, there's four or five of them. What, what certainty, I asked her, could she give folks that those conditions are met on the ballots that were cast? Remember, there was hundreds of them. For Hillary Clinton. So how do they know? Do they check them? Do they make sure that they are a student uh, studying abroad or that they're got to do military service or that they have some illness or uh, infirmity that won't allow them to show up uh, on caucus day? She says we went with the honor system. Uh, and that uh, I'm sure there are some who who wanted to go fishing, she says. And so they gave it an excuse. She said, but like with other forms like this, where you sort of have to affirm, you know, when you send in your taxes, you have to affirm that these, uh, you know, are true to the best of your knowledge. Same when you register to vote, you know, you claim, yes, I am a citizen. I affirm that. You check that box. So she says, like with other forms, uh, that's what they do on these surrogate ballot forms. She says, we would rather have it generally available than have to test every single person because we'd rather have more access to voting than less. Uh, She says the only thing that our team checks is the voter registration status. Now, I ask, can people who are concerned about this, are these surrogate ballots, are they public record Uh, so that people can examine them and see, uh, you know, what the names are, what the excuses uh, given and so forth, uh, or at least look into those, contact those people. Uh, She says, well, they are not public records. 
because they have personal information on them, but, she says, they have extended invitations to both the Sanders campaign and the Clinton campaign to their legal teams to review those specific surrogate forms and the names on them and so forth. So if they want to check, if they want to do a sampling of a number of people and make sure that these weren't uh, fraudulent forms or make sure that the uh, uh, that, uh, you know, that they actually had a legitimate excuse for not making it to the caucuses, the campaigns can do so. Yes, the Bernie Sanders campaign can do so, as can the Clinton campaign, if they are worried uh, about those forms. Okay, so there there are ways to check these things out. We don't have to go out and do what Donald Trump does and declare the entire thing is rigged. It's all rigged. The party is rigging it. Hillary Clinton is stealing it. Uh, that may be that may be the case. But let's find the evidence before we start, uh, you know, making those claims. Well, I also just want to jump in really yeah. quick and say I find it disturbing that the Wyoming secretary of state uh, basically decides that if you didn't vote in a midterm election and you don't respond to this postcard, which, you know, you could miss in your mail, your stack mm-hmm. of mail, that they're going to purge yeah. you. And we know we know for a fact that midterm election turnouts are much, much, much lower. People are much mm-hmm. less likely to vote. So folks that came out in 2012 and 2008, they would get purged just by missing one election? Well, apparently, according to uh, to what Amy Van Cleve tells me. However, remember, in Wyoming, they have same-day registration. So even if you are purged, uh, you'll have the chance to vote on Election Day just by re-registering right then and there. So it's not quite as onerous as it might be in other states. Right. It's not as onerous, but I don't find other states, I don't think other states purge people just, you know, as quickly on a dime like that. It seems to me that's quick. It seems unnecessary to me. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Well, and uh, no, and it's a fine opinion. Nothing wrong with it. I should be clear. Uh, you say you were, you're troubled by the secretary of state doing that. I suspect that the secretary of state is following the uh, statutes of the of the government, uh, the state government there, uh, the state legislature. So uh, I don't want to specifically blame the, blame the secretary of state. I don't know who the uh, Wyoming secretary of state is, if they're a good one or a bad one. There's a lot of bad ones out there. Uh, but I don't know on uh, on that Wyoming. Uh, a few more points here from Amy Van Cleve, and then we'll take a quick break and get to some of your calls on this or anything else you want to talk about. Um, I asked, was this an unusual number of, uh, of surrogate uh, forms sent in this year? Were there you know, more than usual? Is there reason to be suspect about the, the number that came in? Uh, one, uh, I remember seeing a, a report over the weekend that uh, some 600 surrogate forms Uh, from Hillary Clinton, uh, walked in the door. Uh, She said, uh, Amy Van Cleef said, well, that they have always been a caucus state, but that this is their first year testing out the surrogate vote system, that it's a new thing for them. So she's got no numbers to compare it to. This is the first year that they've done it. She says they have heard wonderful, positive feedback from people who would not otherwise have had their voices heard, people who could not get to the caucuses. Uh, at least that's what Amy Van Cleve says, executive director of the Democratic Party in Wyoming. Um, she said Wyoming has a rather old population. That's a quote from her. So we have a lot of people who, for them, getting out for a caucus is not something that is easy to do. So if you believe in democracy and if you believe the more people who participate, uh, that if more people participate in an election of any type, that that's a good thing. Then you might agree with Amy Van Cleve in this case. I don't know. Reporting what she said. Um, 
Now, I know that in Washington state, I had seen a very aggressive effort from the Clintons to get out uh, surrogate voters for the caucuses up there in Washington that Sanders ended up winning big time. Uh, So I asked uh, Amy Van Cleve in Wyoming, was there a similar effort from the Clinton campaign uh, to really push for uh, for for surrogate votes? She said um, that to her knowledge, only the Clinton team, only the Clinton team had sent out a targeted mailer explaining the surrogate form, what is needed to submit it. Uh, It included that mailing uh, that the Clinton team sent out had an envelope on it that had the address of the Wisconsin of the uh, Wyoming Democratic Party on it. Sanders team, she says, did not do that to her knowledge, but the Clinton team did. Well, that might explain a large number of ballots that were uh, that were sent in from Clinton supporters. She said, however, that the Sanders team, while they didn't send out a letter there, she had seen several emails from the Sanders campaign, uh, several emails that had the surrogate form attached to it and that she had heard reports also that they were going door to door with that form. They had several events where they had encouraged people to fill out surrogate forms if they could not attend on caucus day. She said they even had a dinner where they did that uh, in Wyoming. Uh, The Sanders emails all included the surrogate form attached to it. So all you had to do was print it out and then mail it in. She said they didn't do a specific paper mail, uh, uh, specific paper mailer, but it seems they did everything else. Finally, uh, I asked what of the reports of the Clinton team walking in with 600 surrogate forms at the, uh, I believe it was the Laramie uh, or or the Casper caucus. And Amy Van Cleve, executive director of the Wyoming Democratic Party, told me just within the past hour or two here, she said that if you look at the number of surrogate ballots received, the numbers between Clinton and Sanders are remarkably close, she said. She said there was just over 1,500 surrogate votes for Hillary Clinton, and there were just shy of 1,300 surrogate votes for Senator Sanders. So not a huge disparity, actually, she said. She said the confusion was uh, there was uh, just over 600 forms in Laramie. It was Laramie. Uh, She said whether or not that breaks down uh, to uh, how that breaks down for Sanders versus Clinton. She says she's still working. They are still working at the Democratic Party on tabulating that. She says, but I can guarantee you not all 600 of those were for Secretary Clinton. She says we were very strict on the deadline. Uh, There was one woman who even had a loved one uh, die. She said, I think there's a lot of misinformation flying around. I would encourage people who have concerns before they spread rumors to get in touch with us. And we're happy to answer questions. I did exactly that. Those are the answers from Amy Van Cleve, the executive director of Wyoming Democratic Party. You can believe them or not. I don't know. I'm just telling you what she said. Uh, It seems to make sense. Those numbers, those totals of surrogate numbers, she says, will be available on the Wyoming Democratic Party's website soon. Okay, there you go. Yes, I'm running way late. So let's get to let's get to a break. And then uh, I know some of you folks want to ring in on this on on the phones at 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast.
Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Yeah, I had a whole bunch of Bernie or Bus stuff I wanted to get to today. Doesn't doesn't look like I'm going to be able to, because uh, I do want to get to some of your calls while we have the chance today. 818-985-5735. Uh, oh, did I have Chris? What happened to Christy? Is she still there? Oh, we lost her. She's a registered Democrat from Wyoming. She used surrogate voting without a problem. Shoot, I wanted to ask her some questions. Uh, call back if you like, uh, Christy. Let's go to uh, Jonathan in L.A. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Listen, you know, just because our commercial media has become ineffective and did not broadcast that protest, it certainly doesn't make our public protests ineffective. In fact, Brad, I would believe that just as we noticed that they didn't broadcast it, mm-hmm. they would notice if we didn't protest. <laughs> well, uh, the corporate media would notice if we didn't protest? Yes. Yes, uh, they would. And and it's really, Brad, one of really the last unadulterated democratic processes we have. And, and you know, when we see how they're manipulating voting now, you know, the public protest is really one of the last few things we have. Yeah, I hear you. No, and it's, listen, not public protest, and, and let me be clear, I'm not against it. I'm in favor of it. I just wonder how effective it is. I do know it was effective uh, when, you know, the Occupy folks came out and said, we ain't right. leaving. That scared the hell out of people. And that yep, was effective, you know, and I don't know that we would see Bernie Sanders uh, having the success he has okay. now were it not for those Occupy protesters. So there's a way to go about it. I just don't know if, uh, you know, showing up uh, at the White House or showing up at the Capitol and getting yourself arrested makes the difference. Yeah, well, I agree with you, Brad. I was just, I personally was sad when I saw peaceful protesters being arrested in Washington, D.C. I personally was sad. Well, I was too. I'm glad you saw them because most of America didn't. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. I I appreciate the call. You bet. Uh, let me go to, uh, oh, Morris. Oh, good. I love to hear from Morris. Hey, Morris in Long Beach, welcome to the broadcast. What is up, sir? Yeah, yeah, Brad. I don't know if you saw your emails or not this morning. Good news. Congress is waiting on your recommendation from the Elections Commission. Your next uh, election commissioner, you and uh, uh, Harvey Wiseman and Brad Paulus. So they're waiting on your recommendations it's... now to clean up voting in this country. The Carter Commission said they really appreciate your recommendations and want you to get them to the president. He's going to issue an executive order and instruct, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, the uh, Miss Lynch, to go ahead and get a bench warrant out for your boy Carl Rove. And, and thanks a lot, Brad, for saving this country. And, and, and your committee did a great job. You 
Greg Pollitt and Harvey Wiseman and and and, and go go to it. You guys are real good commission. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you, Morris. I I must have missed that email. I don't know why it must have ended up in my spam filter uh, uh, from Congress inviting me to uh, uh, to issue my recommendations on how to fix this uh, ridiculous electoral system that we allow ourselves to <laughs> to have. Uh, thanks for that call, Morris. Uh, let me go to, um, here we go, uh, Mike. Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. What is on your mind, sir? Yeah, just the storyline that Ryan is out of the running for the nomination for the presidency. He reminds me of a character played by William Powell in an old political satire from the 50s called The Senator Was Indiscreet. This character campaigned tirelessly across the country to avoid being drafted to be president. Uh I notice Ryan did not do the Tecumseh Sherman and say, if nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. If there is a deadlock on the first vote, don't be surprised if Ryan permits himself also reluctantly to be pushed forward as a nominee. I would not be surprised in the least. Uh, he, we played uh, on on yesterday's broadcast. We played uh, pretty much his entire statement, uh, which you know was pretty definitive. Also, his his comments that you know he doesn't think anyone should be even allowed on the ballot at the convention if they did not also run, if they were not already a uh, a candidate at some point uh, never, during the cycle. Never did he say he would not do it if he was drafted. Uh, you may be right. I mean, he said the same thing about being uh, uh, Speaker of the House. And so that's why nobody believes Paul Ryan anymore. And uh, things could get desperate. And of course, yeah, I got to step forward to save the country, save my party, etc. Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, Let's go. uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Kevin from Long Beach wants to ring in on, on Bernie or Bust. And by the way, I didn't even get to uh, Kevin, I had uh, the reason I wanted to set this up and give uh, folks the chance to get in. And now we're going to be out of time. But there was because last week someone had sent me an email uh, to uh, broadcast at bradblog.com. I read it on the air uh, and they were saying basically if uh, Bernie Sanders did not win, they would not vote for Hillary Clinton because she was not, quote, trustworthy. And uh, I said, well, I think that's a stupid reason. Uh, if if that is your reason, you know, given that that means that a, a Donald Trump, a Ted Cruz uh, would would be more likely to win. And if you consider them trustworthy, well, I don't know what you must be thinking now. A uh, and, and Kevin, uh, sit tight. I promise I'm going to get to you. I just want to set this up. Um, a, a uh, someone I believe this is on Facebook. Uh, Michael P. wrote in, said, listen to your show for the first time yesterday. Horrified. To hear your reaction to the Bernie or Bust email, calling someone stupid on the air for taking a stand is not something that impresses a lot of people. You told her, quote, she quite frankly hasn't been paying attention. Uh, Well, Brad, perhaps you haven't been paying attention to what the Clinton campaign has been doing this election cycle and the corrupt ruin she will very likely impose on us if she makes it to office. Shame on you for being so dismissive to someone expressing that view. Well, A, let me be clear. I did not tell that. I did not say that person was stupid. I said the idea, uh, the reason they were giving uh, was stupid. Not that person. and uh, and yes, that uh, that person hadn't, frankly, been paying attention if they thought that uh, somehow uh, the Republicans who are running uh, are going to be more trustworthy 
than Hillary Clinton. I just didn't accept that. But I am open to everyone's thoughts, which is why I wanted to get to uh, uh, calls, which brings us to Bernie or Bust now, Kevin in Long Beach. Sorry for that preamble. Your thoughts, That's Kevin. That's all right. Good, <laughs> good show. Hey, I wanted to bring up this because Tom Hartman brought this up about Bernie and Bust. People were calling in. And mm-hmm. These people were calling in saying why they didn't want to uh, vote for Hillary. Well, as I said to Tom, this is the reason we're in the predicament that we're in, because a lot of these people were talking about they hadn't voted for years if they'd ever voted. And it's their, uh, it's their uh, what do you call it, civic uh, responsibility to vote. My father fought in World War II for them to, be, to have that civic right to vote. But this is why we have the problem, like you got Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, or Donald Trump running and that, so to speak. Because these people have put us in this predicament. Who, uh, who, who, these people specifically, who? The people who don't vote at all? Is that who you're referring to? Exactly. Because they were calling up saying, oh, well, I'll vote for Bernie, but I won't vote for, well, I won't vote for Hillary. Yeah. Well, I mean, do they not care about the Supreme Court? Do they not care about women's rights or the abortions or LBGT? I mean, come on. What's going on with this, with these people? I mean, it's, I, I start believing in what's their rationale. Yeah. It's thinking that only Bernie Sanders can do anything that uh, he talks about. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, uh, you know, exactly the question that I was hoping to open the, the phone up to. And if folks, so we still have uh, some time, 818-985-5735. I don't want to bias the jury too much by giving uh, my uh, strong opinions about this. So I will welcome uh, callers on this. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you checking in. Um, Great show. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's go to uh, Bill. And there we go. Uh, Bill in Santa Monica. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, Brett. Uh, two things. First, every time Hillary comes out with one of her lies about Bernie's stance on guns for this week, about how guns for Vermont were the majority of the guns committing crimes in New York, which was proved absolutely false, why doesn't Bernie hit her back with the fact that that she was on Walmart's board of directors from 1986 to 1992, which I think Walmart is the biggest retail seller of guns in this country, including assault weapons. Mm. Why is she allowed to get away with that? And one other thing, as far as Bernie or Bust, I think anybody who votes for Hillary hasn't been paying attention. She and Cruz are not smart enough uh, to get into, to pull away from a shooting war with Russia. We have troops on Russian border that we promised we would never do. They're right at Poland. They're talking about arming Polish soldiers with nuclear weapons. Hillary and Cruz are ideologues. They will not pull back from a confrontation. And are you saying? Are you believe in anything? Are are you saying, Bill? Oh man, the phones are going crazy now. I knew they would. Uh, Maybe next week we'll get to Bernie or Bust more. Uh, But uh, Bill, are you saying that uh, you would not, if Bernie does not win, you would not vote at all? Absolutely not. And since 1992, okay. the Democrats have been, well, they're the lesser of two evils. I mean, even on your own program, Lila Garrett, I mean, your own show, she's not going to do it either. There's a lot of us out here who will not vote for her. You... And one reason I won't is because she's a hawk, and it's going to be dangerous. Okay. Same with Cruz. All right. Thanks for, thanks for that like thought. I'd like to ask another thing. Hello? Th- 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 I got to get... 
about the gun. Why did he tell about her being on Walmart's board? Okay, you, you've you made excellent points all around, Bill, and I do appreciate that. And uh, he was referring to Lila Garrett, who has a show out here on our flagship, flagship station in, uh, in uh, Los Angeles, KPFK. Uh, I think you make very good points. Uh, let me see. Uh, very quick. Boy, I, people are, I knew, I knew this was going to go uh, nuts. Eric uh, in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, very quickly, Hi, your you? thoughts. I'm okay, Eric. What's up? This is, uh, like the glass color said, this is a form of protest. This is a form of of civil disobedience at this point. Uh, if, if this is what they want, if they're going to threaten us with Trump and Cruz, then let it be. We're going to call the bluff. Let it happen and let the country keep going the way it's going. But the, the Bernie Sanders movement is not the Bernie Sanders. It's the Occupy movement. It's the Democratic Socialist movement now. And this is not over. This is definitely not over. And if they want that, if they're going to threaten us with that, then let it be so. Well, they're not threatening you with anything, Eric. If you it's don't vote... The lesser, it's always the lesser of Okay. That's why we are here yeah. in the situation that we are. 40 years of this crap. Yeah. Of always voting for the lesser of two evils. And it's not going to work anymore. If, okay. It's the same crap. Okay. Either side. Clinton or Trump. Doesn't matter. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. I appreciate that call. Um, you know, I, I got to say, I heard the exact same thing back in 2000. It doesn't matter whether it's Al Gore, whether it's uh, uh, George W. Bush. I lived through that George W. Bush era. I lived. I remember those eight years very, very well. And if you don't think there was any difference between the way George W. Bush responded to 9-11 and the way Al Gore might have responded to 9-11, then yes, I will repeat what I said last week. You just have not been paying attention. A quick break, and we're back with more Bradcast, maybe some more of your calls, so hang on the line and the Green News Report, all of that ahead. I'm Brad. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the broadcast, melting for you, Desi Doyne, especially here in the studio at uh, Pacifica Radio in L.A., where the air condition is out today. Whee! Yes. Uh, very quick, before we get to the uh, to the Green News Report, let me see if I can get in this uh, one more call, n- at least. Uh, Nanette from Northridge. Uh, hey, Nanette, welcome to the broadcast. I wish I could give you more seconds, but uh, take the few you got. What's up? Okay, I hope that Bernie will be the nominee. I won't vote for Hillary. I know too much about the Clinton corruption with their foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, as Secretary of State, accepted money from various governments for her foundation and in turn sent them arms. Okay, fair I enough. Guess that was, yeah, yeah that, go ahead. That was good for the industry, the, the military-industrial complex, but I don't see how that was even legal. And I'm not sure who gave her the green light. Well, it didn't actually work. It didn't actually work the way you're describing it, Nanette. She didn't get money and then send arms uh, in exchange. But before I let you go, who 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 do you want to see be the next president? Uh, Donald Trump Bernie or Ted Sanders? I know. Yeah, and 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 right. Anything. I understand. Anything that's going to change the way this. Corrupt. I, I understand, and and I and I tend to agree with you. That said, who do you prefer if Bernie doesn't make it? Do you want to see Donald Trump or Ted Cruz as your next president? No, I'll vote for Jill Stein. I know, but ah, okay. I, 
I will vote for the Green Party. Very good. At least they have something to offer. Good call. Well, well played, Nanette. All right, uh, we might be able to get to another call. I don't know. Let's, we'll try. But uh, first, we got to get to it. Our latest Green News report. If the state does not act now, we are facing irreversible, catastrophic crises. Judge rules children's federal climate change lawsuit may go forward. Big Oil spends $100 million a year on climate denial propaganda and obstruction. Some good news for wolverines, tigers, and bees. Oh, my. Plus, probe into what Exxon knew about climate change science expands beyond Exxon. All of those expanding stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Department of Environmental. I mean, the DEP is killing us environmentally. It's just killing our businesses. Donald Trump is right. The DEP is killing us, except for the fact that there is no DEP. Other than that, um, make the environment great again. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, on our last Green News Report, we reported the disturbing news that uh, TransCanada, the owner of the Keystone Pipeline up in South Dakota, had reported a spill in that pipeline of 187 gallons of oil. Yep. Yep, which was very bad news, except it's even worse than that. And as a matter of fact, much, much worse than that. Yeah, it looks like now that it is 17,000 gallons of oil. (laughs) And a local landowner discovered the leak, meaning that TransCanada, the pipeline owner, that their much-vaunted high-tech automatic leak detection system failed. So not 187 gallons, more like 17,000 gallons. And uh, it took some farmer guy to let him know it was going on. Yep. Fantastic. And are they still suing to force the U.S. to let them build the even bigger Keystone XL pipeline? Yep. Fantasticer. In other fantastic news, the investigation by the attorneys general of California and New York over whether ExxonMobil lied about climate science to the public and its investors is now expanding beyond Exxon. The attorney general of the U.S. Virgin Islands has subpoenaed the Competitive Enterprise Institute a Washington think tank partly funded by ExxonMobil for their records on their donors and their activities on climate policy on behalf of those donors. The Competitive Enterprise Institute calls that subpoena, quote, an affront to their First Amendment rights. Of course they do. Their First Amendment right to commit fraud. Meanwhile, a new report finds that the fossil fuel industry spreads climate change denial and obstructs policy action for cheap. The report by British nonprofit group Influence Map is called How Much Big Oil Spends on Obstructive Climate Lobbying. They calculate that ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell, and three top oil industry lobbying groups, including the American Petroleum Institute, together spend just $115 million a year on advocacy to block policies to address climate change. You're saying $115 million a year is cheap? I think it is for companies that make tens of billions of dollars per quarter. Well, you got a point there. In Oregon, a legal breakthrough for kids suing the federal government over failure to act on climate change. A federal magistrate judge in Oregon has ruled that the kids' lawsuit can go forward. Backed by the nonprofit group Our Children's Trust, the suit alleges that failure to act on climate change is a violation of their constitutional rights and the public trust doctrine. 
in which the federal government holds and protects natural resources in trust for the public. Lead plaintiff lawyer Mary Christina Wood, in an interview with PBS NewsHour, admits that the public trust doctrine is a novel approach. Environmental law had largely failed to address many of the most significant problems we face. And so to me, the public trust doctrine was the logical response. It obviously applies to the atmosphere because the atmosphere controls the climate system we all depend on for survival. So these kids are essentially suing the government, saying the government is not taking care of the environment the way they must? To protect the future of these children, that they deserve to have this protection. And the judge is allowing this suit to move forward. Yeah. Very interesting. Good news for bees. Maryland could be the first state in the union to restrict a class of pesticides called neonicotinoids that have been linked to the alarming decline in bees in the U.S. and Europe. The Maryland Pollinator Protection Act, if signed by the governor, will ban residential consumer use of the bee-killing pesticides. More good news for wolverines. A federal judge in Montana has overturned a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service decision to not protect the remaining 300 wolverines that live in the United States. The service suddenly switched course and ignored its own scientists two years ago to reject protected status for wolverines after what the judge called in his ruling, quote, immense political pressure that was brought to bear by Western states. Finally, good news for tigers. The endangered wild tiger population has grown for the first time in 100 years. Conservation biologists with the World Wildlife Fund say that thanks to better tracking and anti-poaching enforcement, there are now 700 more tigers in the wild than just five years ago. But the total number of tigers left in the wild is still fewer than 4,000. For much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, uh, our producer. Well done, Des, uh, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn. And thanks to you and uh, all of the listeners uh, who, who support us, who listen, who spend a portion of their day or night to listen to our program. It's greatly appreciated, especially those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support what we do here. Thank you. Great calls today. I wish I could have gotten to more of them. I should add that uh, folks out here calling from California where you got the luxury of voting third party for a Jill Stein because the state will probably go uh, Democratic anyway. Uh, you make good points. Uh, not everyone around the country has that luxury. I'm just saying. <laughs> Until we meet again, you can reach me via email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com or on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. That's it. Until tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Let's